We hope you are enjoying our expanded podcast schedule. For the month of July, we have something new for our members. Each month, members who successfully answer our bonus content quiz will be entered for a chance to win a pair of AirPods Pro. To participate, you must have access to the bonus sections of the podcasts. Members also receive an ad-free listening experience, an evening newsletter, an invitation to join the DSR Slack community, and more. Best of all, if you become a member in the month of July, you'll receive 50% off the normal membership price. Visit thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and enter code fireworks at checkout. That's thedsrnetwork.com slash buy and code fireworks. Thank you for your support. Nine. Twelve. Ten. Twenty-eight. Two. Twenty-three. This is Deep State Radio, coming to you direct from our super-secret studio in the third sub-basement of the Ministry of SNARK in Washington, D.C., and from other undisclosed locations across America and around the world. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, David Rothkopf, coming to you from Washington, D.C., where it's one million degrees Fahrenheit outside, and I'm very glad to be in here and with you. I'm also very glad to be joined by our friend, Norm Eisen, who's a senior fellow in governance studies at the Brookings Institute and chair of the States United Democracy Center. Norm previously served as special counsel to the House Judiciary Committee majority during the impeachment proceedings and trial of President Trump in 2019 and 2020. He also served as the U.S. ambassador to the Czech Republic uh, from 2011 to 2014, which is a very nice gig because Prague is one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Welcome, Norm. Thank you, David. It's so great to be back with you. and. Um your listeners on Deep State Radio, of which I am. Well, you're kind, you're kind to join us. You know, the first time I ever met with an ambassador to the Czech Republic, it was actually Czechoslovakia, and the ambassador was Shirley Temple Black. Oh. And, and she was just delightful and took us around and was a great hostess. Um, so you were, you're following in some very small tap shoes there. I think we've talked about this before, but you know uh my first book, which I wrote, I now have five to my name as author or editor, but my first book, which I wrote after I served as ambassador, uh, included a substantial amount of research into uh, Ambassador Black, um, The Last Palace, it was called, and it told the story of that wonderful ambassador house that I lived in, the optimistic Jewish Czechoslovak billionaire who built it, the Nazi who ousted him, the American anti-corruption fighting post-war anti-communist ambassador who seized the house but lost the country to communism, and Shirley Temple Black, who was there in the house in 68 for the Prague Spring and the brutal repression of the Soviet bloc and returned as ambassador in 89. So, and I told the history, and then I wove in my own story, present day, uh, 
it's a story of the vicissitudes of democracy. And boy, are we going to talk about some present day American vicissitudes of democracy today. Well, it's a great place to start. I once a long time ago, and we're both, you know, uh, reminiscing too much here, but uh, I once met with a guy, and I'm not going to go into all the detail, who participated in the Czech show trials in the oh. 1950s. Uh, and he talked about the various ways that people had to contort themselves yes. to get around the, the, the uh, communist uh, th- authoritarian government and the mockery of the justice system that they made. And one of the things was that they had to confess whether they did it or not, or they would be put to death. And so they developed this system where they would testify to whatever they were told to confess. And then at the very end, they would say the word ozer. And ozer meant in the Czech, the opposite of whatever I just said. You know, it was kind of, and it was, it was just their kind of way to work through the system. And if we don't get this right, we're going to be right back there, Norm. Uh, um, ozer. I hope I'm, I hope I never have to say those words in uh in an official testifying capacity, David. Well, well, if things go the wrong way, you're going to be on the short list. So let's talk about how, how we keep them on the right track. Uh, this week was one of those uh, nearly comical weeks where the uh, entire mainstream media concluded sometime on Wednesday or Tuesday that uh, the, the um, Jack Smith indictment for... Um, the January 6th election interference was going to come down on Thursday. And, um, and then they, you know, and so they all got ready. They brought in all their teams. Everything was going to happen. And then that didn't happen. And just as they were going, oh my gosh, what a disappointment. We got new superseding indictment on, 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 on Mar-a-Lago. So they've been like ODing on that. Um, and I'd love to hear your take on it. And then when you're done, we are joined by our other friend, the wonderful Allison Gill, who's CEO of MSW Media, co-host of the Daily Beans and Clean Up on Aisle 45 podcast. Uh, we are so glad to have Allison back here to talk to us um, about this, too. But let's start with you, Norm. What, what do you take from what did and did not happen this week? Well, um I was one of those uh, television commentators caught up in the scheduling frenzy. And, and I kept saying, I said it on the air, I think on Tuesday night, do not put your running shoes on until we see Trump's lawyers going into DOJ. That is the, you know, that is the key uh, threshold moment. So when that happened, and uh, one of those two lawyers happened to be my former criminal law partner and friend, John Lauro. Uh, when I saw that happening, I'm like, okay, now we can start the countdown. Um, I did not think that we were going to get charges on Thursday because it's just too soon. There's been a modicum, some would say, excessive one of respect for Trump as a former president. You're not going to, and he has a right of appeal going beyond his meeting with Jack Smith. Uh, he has a right of appeal within DOJ. Uh, so it wasn't going to be Thursday. Uh, you know, then we got this very good 
uh, indictment uh, superseder in Mar-a-Lago, which raises so many fascinating questions uh, about the benefits and the costs. Allison has been tweeting and commenting on it. Um, I think it it greatly strengthens the case. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, the behind-the-scenes story, I was told in the 4 o'clock hour, something is coming from DOJ. But nobody knew what. And um, and then when that indictment hit, it was I was on air. I had just done a panel on uh, on the January sixth case, and so they kept me. And it was one of the craziest uh, shows of force that I've had on CNN because they leave you all on air, right? So there's like eight people on set and in boxes in Flash Studios. Uh, and everybody's reading the indictment. So it's like a live stream of a study group. Uh, you know, people are looking up and down and making notes. So, but the indictment's very, very important. And uh, with January 6th coming and this powerhouse enhancement of the Mar-a-Lago documents case with a huge win uh, just the other day for Alvin Bragg in his case, and with Fonnie Willis just around the corner and... Michigan AG Dana Nessel coming out of the blue, charging the fake electors. Wow, it's it's high season, and not just at beach resorts. It's high season <laughs> for accountability. And yeah, it's going to be high season for Norm and Allison and all you guys on TV all the time. Uh, you, should, you, you will have to have your own channel soon. Um, Allison, before we get into this, I want to say... Um, it, 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 I, and I should. This breaks every rule of moderating that I know. But it, just to go off topic for a second, today President Biden signed an executive order to move the prosecution of military sexual assault outside the chain of command. You have been a real activist and a really important voice on this for a long time. And I just, you know, I wanted to congratulate you, give you a chance to note it. It's a big deal. It's a step closer to justice. People will try, no doubt, to fuck with this too. But uh, I just thought, I just thought, tip of the hat. And if you want to say anything on that before we dive into into the events of the week, please do. Uh, just thanks to everybody who voted for Biden and Harris, and thanks to the president um, for signing this executive order. Uh, thanks to the hard work of uh, Kristen Gillibrand and uh, her colleagues in Congress. They, they had this as a standalone bill, but it ended up being put into the NDAA, which was passed. And it, it, it's not everything that we wanted, but it is the biggest step we've taken in over a decade to curb and prevent military sexual trauma. We've taken the decision to prosecute out of the chain of command, which is where your rapist often resides, is in the chain of command. Uh, and there was a huge conflict of interest. You don't, you know, if you are the commander of a base, you don't want to be known to have military sexual trauma occurring on your base. So they would often talk you out of reporting it. And so for over 10 years, over a decade since since we we worked on the Invisible War documentary and, and started uh, working with uh, Kirsten Gillibrand and, and, and people in Congress and voices in Congress to get this done, uh, we, this is probably, like I said, this is the most significant step we've taken. 
uh, to, to save lives in the military, prevent sexual trauma from happening uh, to both men and women and people, all people in the military. So thank you. Thank you very much for that. It is a, it is a banner day for me and for justice, despite all the other justice that's happening uh, right now. You know, I, I was thinking back, I, I, I tweeted, I was thinking back to the fire hose of lies and flooding the zone with shit in 2019, 2020 during the Trump administration. And now we're seeing the fire hose of justice and I think I said, you're, it's good, there's going to be so much justice, you're going to puke. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about this accountability. Um, specifically, uh, yeah, out of like, whoa, just right up from, the, right up from Miami, we get, we get these superseding indictments. And I think what's amazing about this, first of all, it just shows. It helps bolster the entire rest of the case, you know, that, that um, there was corrupt intent here. You don't, you don't try to delete surveillance footage that proves that you're innocent. Um, and so, and also I think a, a great number of uh, Americans who don't follow these things as closely and granularly as we do can understand much easier and much easier terms asking somebody to delete or conspiring to delete evidence, uh, surveillance tapes. I think that's just a much easier thing for the public to pick up on than SEPA and the 32 documents and you know, dissemination potential and what can he declassify like none of that matters now. So I think this, this was a, a very important step, a very important superseding indictment. And there may be more. This is just, they're only charging norm, you know, they're only charging the attempt here. We don't know if they were at all successful, but there have been public reports that there were gaps in the tapes and that uh, Jack Smith went and subpoenaed the parent software company that handles all the surveillance footage for for all of the properties, and so we and we don't know if they've drained the pool into the server room on purpose. <laughs> and some people are even positing that they were that the because the pool drain thing didn't happen till October, but maybe they were trying to cover up the video of them trying to cover up the video of moving the boxes, you know, when they're sneaking around the bushes and they've got him like taking a flashlight to the audio closet. That sounds like that's all on surveillance footage. Were they trying to delete that surveillance footage when they flooded? It's like late John Le Carre. It's not the competent spies of early or middle Le Carre, the spy who came in. Uh, from the cold. no, it's Homer Simpson back and into the show. It's the, it's the Le Carre era of the tailor of Panama, the bumbling, incompetent spy. Well, you know, it's it's also a little bit norm like sort of Mario Puzo, you know, because yes, the, the oaths of loyalty, David. Yeah, well, but also loyal? there's these lines. You know, it's like the, the, there's this line in this one bit of the superseding indictment where he's kind of like the boss wants the tapes to go away you know i mean it's it's really i think that i said on cnn this afternoon i think that is the single most damning line in all of the of all the new material in the superseding indictment but if i may offer a friendly amendment to allison's assessment of the other half of the case and you know we do say I agree with her that we do say here in Washington since Watergate, it's not the crime, it's the cover-up. Ah, but this is a crime. This is a big, important crime. But on the other half of the case, the Espionage Act charges for wrongly retaining um, national security material. 
There's also a big leap forward here because just like this new episode of the gang that couldn't um, shoot straight, uh, the gang that couldn't obstruct straight, uh, in that half of the case, the obstruction half of the case, um, you have a new count, 32. They Mm -hmm. found the document, or they got permission from the IC to charge the document. Something happened to add the Iran document that Trump brandished uh, as a new uh, count, 32. And I think that that package of evidence around um, being at Bedminster in July 2021, talking to these uh, biographers, laughing, uh, brandishing these Iran um, attack plans, uh, then going on Fox News and denying it. The whole conversation is on tape. Fox News is on video. And now you have the document to prove it. That also, like the, you know, these, these um, De Oliveira and Nauta um, prowling around the tunnels and uh, uh, sneaking through the bushes to me and um, these conversations uh, with Tavares, the IT guy who we've now identified as Trump employee number four. Like that narrative, the, the narrative around the abuse of that Iran document encapsulates and epitomizes what all of the classified document stuff is about. So I think it these this, there's a high cost that we'll talk about potentially. Um, Allison just tweeted out, it's where I, I rely on her Twitter feed, Mueller, she wrote, for uh, so much information. And I laid my eyes, my very laggard uh, research assistants were slower to get me the government's filing about why the case should not be delayed. There's a cost to these, these improvements in possible delay. But boy, in front of a, a difficult judge and a jury pool that is going to be include some unfriendlies in Fort Pierce, Florida. You need this improved one-two punch. They got it. Yeah. Yeah. To have the recording of your defendant saying, I have the document and to have the document. And they probably have somebody who else was in the room that confirms they've had to develop evidence that they, that that was the document. Otherwise they wouldn't be able to charge it. Can I ask a question of Norm real quick? Sure. Because uh, Trump went on a, some radio program and said uh, they went after two fine employees yesterday, fine people. I don't think that the tapes were even, these were my tapes that we gave to them. And then they basically say that's not enough. I don't think we would have had to give it. I'm not sure we would have even had to give it. What stood out to me is we gave the tapes and then they basically say that's not enough, which sounds like he didn't give them all of the tapes. Yeah, there's no telling what's going on in that, um, you know, addled brain of his. Um, I think if they had not gotten all the tapes they needed, that that would have been um, that that would have been uh, alleged in the facts that he withheld additional tapes or would have been pressed. I think the argument that he's making, we'll find out. You know, my former partner, Laura, was going to put him through their paces. I think Trump is amplifying, like, uh, you know, he was amplifying his advice of counsel defense this week. 
Um, we'll find out soon enough. And I think what happened here uh, is that um, the uh, th this is a variation on his lay etat c'est moi uh, defense, that they're my documents, they're my tapes, I didn't have to do anything. I helped them and look how they are hitting me and these, you know, these civilians. Yeah, it's it's it, it's it's interesting. I, I do think one of the interesting subtexts with regard to this Iran document, which is now part of this whole thing, is that the document was subpoenaed. After it was subpoenaed, it made its way to New Jersey and then back to Florida. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there is a whole story of where these documents were moved around. Well, the Iran document, according to the inventory, arrived at the DOJ on January 17th, 2022. So it came with the boxes that were returned by the National Archives or returned to the National Archives by Trump in January of 2022. Of 2022. But wasn't the meeting in 2021 where he brandished it? Mm -hmm. And that was in New Jersey. So. Mm -hmm. That, all I'm just saying is that oh, right, there yeah. seems to be this shifting back and forth of of these documents, which sh shows to me a considerable consciousness of of where they are and their utility yeah. to him. It, it, you know, and uh, De Oliveira helped. Now we one of the other. It's not a major revelation, but what was formerly paragraph sixty two, it was. Now to, and another employee moved the boxes. Now we know that was De Oliveira, um, mm -hmm. and um, the you know the mere fact that you have these two individuals who surely did not have the appropriate security clearances moving these boxes of classified. When I had to move a piece of classified paper off of government premises, you have a protocol. You're trained. You have a very special briefcase. You don't take it in just any container. Wait, so you're saying, I just want to understand this. You're saying the pool guy can't move the classified documents um, around? Oh, Let's be yeah. fair. He was the property manager. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, another lawyer question for you, because I remember John Irving, who represents De Oliveira, and John Irving was like, he was just being friendly. He was just helping move some boxes. I guess he told the media that after he knew that he lied to the FBI. Nope, never saw the boxes. Nope, never saw nothing. No, don't know what you're talking about. But Nauta and Tra uh, Tavares, the, the, the IT guy who appears to be cooperating here uh, because they have the conversations between Tavares and, and uh, Dolavera. But Nauta and Tavares have the same attorney. It's good old Stanley Woodward. I don't think he's going to be able. I don't think he's going to be able to represent them both for long. I think somebody, something. I think maybe we'll see a filing from the DOJ about a conflict of interest there. Um, you know, they often will. They will not. Um, they will not. Uh, um, do that straight out of the box. Look at how long Fannie Willis took to. Um, raise the conflict. For that one lawyer. Yeah, to raise the conflict issues. So they'll, they, they like to let, they can, uh, but the usual practice is to give them a little more rope uh, 
to hang themselves. Stanley Woodward is a real criminal defense lawyer. And people don't, you know, I've been on TV praising my former partner, John Loro, who's a real, you know, very effective former prosecutor, very good criminal defense lawyer. I was one myself for decades. There is a kind of uh, badge of honor uh, among uh, uh, criminal defense lawyers that you, you, you pretty much take almost all comers. And it's a tradition that was set with John Adams representing the Redcoats. And it's a point of pride uh, if if the client, uh, in the case of, if, but if the client is Donald Trump, my advice to my former partner is get paid in full up front. But Stanley Woodward is taking all all comers. Yeah. He's got Kosh Patel. He's got the the guy who the I mean like the that back and forth courthouse thing with Federico Klein. That doesn't he's got, like, mean he's you know uh, that he's not an effective counsel. He is. He's good. He's normal. He's not a Boris Epstein. No, no, no. It's just got to be hard to have 20 clients. Having other people pay your bills. In every big white-collar case I ever did, Enron, the ADM antitrust case that they made into the movie The Informer with uh, Matt Damon, uh, the Refco case, last big case I tried before I went into the government, a big uh, commodities, massive, I think it was the largest commodities brokerage failure ever. Um in all those cases, the bills were paid by the company or by an insurer for me to represent uh, the individuals. The individuals can't afford to pay. So, you know, it's. I don't think that uh, Woodward's, uh, Woodward's uh, uh, activity is nefarious. I do think he's not, we're not going to get to trial in May or whenever it happens with him having all these representations you're right i would say i would say one thing though which is it is slightly nefarious to have donald trump say okay i'll take care of all your lawyers yeah yeah you and I, I mean I it's don't, <laughs> i don't necessarily think it's nefarious but if you've got a cooperator in a case and a defendant in a it's case got, it's real it's hard got to decide. yeah sooner or later that something's got to give i just yeah. you know often the prosecution will will um, let a little bit of time run before they make their move, including because it can slow down. You know, Jack Smith wants speed, right? Allison, you posted on Twitter his two-page motion explaining why the May date should hold, and it should hold. These are not changes. It's not like he charged uh, the property manager with 32 counts of possessing classified documents. Well, it's also it's also let's be let's be honest. May's still 10 months from now, right? Yeah. So in in any event. I want to talk about a couple of things that are to come. This is the point where we say to those of you who are not subscribers, you should be a subscriber because you could listen to the rest of this podcast. Um, I'm going to reveal all the secrets. That Yes, that's exactly. So go to the DSRnetwork.com and sign up. Go to the membership, sign up. For those who remember, stand by. We'll be right back. 